welcome back, everybody. This is Nate Johnstone, and this is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast. Paul Anderson, how you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Do you think Christians want to know about spiritual warfare? Oh, my. They need to know. Some want to know. <laughs> Whether you want to or and not. They need to, because if you are in a war and you don't know in a war, you're in a war, then you are vulnerable beyond Right. Th- that's a dangerous place to be in, to be walking as if la, 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 and it's a beautiful day. Well, arrows, <laughs> arrows are flying past. And that was an arrow. That was a, that was a machine gun. gun fire. Yes. And there's a landmine in front of you as you're skipping along. Yes. And many people think we're on a picnic. Yeah. They think that God loves us so much and he doesn't make it hard for us. In fact, when it gets hard, something's wrong, mm-hmm. which is pretty much the opposite. The harder it got for Paul, the more he knew things were happening. When he got really beat up, he was ready to plant a church. I wonder if this is... So- and I could have preached on that for a while. I know. I, I just want you to know that. I think we should talk more about it. And I wonder how much of this is mostly an American problem um, or maybe worse here because we do have such a life of ease mm-hmm. and the American dream has reached a point where, I mean, home ownership isn't even a dream for most people anymore. It's a con- foregone conclusion for, yeah. for many if you live in an area where there's enough houses. No, I think that that's a reality. It's truer than, than in poorer countries. And so I think like the level of entitlement in America, I think is so Ooh. high. I'm, I'm fasting politics right now, so I'm not getting into politics. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying in general, I think the level of Feeling entitled mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Among humans, period. But especially in America, I feel like if that's kind of your baseline that mm-hmm. you think like you're kind of owed stuff, that then you kind of expect that life had better be pretty good. Yeah. And you're, you you're, had better not struggle. Yeah. Like, whereas, like my grandma grew up on the farm. When her mom said, go get chicken for dinner, she went outside and chased down a chicken, cut off its head, pulled out its feathers and brought it in the house. When I tell my daughter, go get chicken, <laughs> she goes downstairs to the freezer <laughs> yes. and brings up a package of boneless, skinless, already prepared chicken meat. And like just... <laughs> The the life we live today is just, it's so different than what it used to be in a very few amount of generations. There's so much entitlement. So then when life does get hard, I think Christians are like, what? This wasn't part of the deal. And which is another part of the problem. I'm not going to accuse anyone because we talked last week about that being bad. But there is some philosophy and teaching out there in the church that does say, if you become a Christian, everything will be pretty great. And God actually wants everything to be pretty much perfect for you most of the time. Um, I don't find that in scripture. Opposite. I, Just, be- I believe we are absolutely in God's favor. And so there will be times when we do experience that favor in a highly positive way. But the apostle Paul was in the favor of God. And that sometimes meant he got stoned, which is a pretty terrible way to spend an afternoon, if you know anything about stoning. And so, yeah, I'm just not down with that whole, it's supposed to be great all the time thing. And you've mentioned before that that's a lot, that, that's where a lot of people's disillusionment with Christianity comes from, that they expect it to be easy and it turns out to be hard. And so they blame God. Peter said, don't think it's strange. Yeah. Don't consider it strange when fiery trials come upon you. And he was talking during a time when the emperor used to light Christians on fire. When he uses the phrase fiery trial, he's literally talking about a trial by being set on fire. Mm. 
Hmm. That's certainly the background yeah. reference. Yeah. They they would have thought of that when he said mm-hmm. that. And and so even that extreme. Don't, don't be surprised when people light you on fire. Wait, what? <laughs> I, that would surprise me. I do admit. Um, and so we shouldn't be surprised when life isn't perfect, when life isn't what we want. And th- that's the, I think that back, backdrop makes the concept of spirit war, spiritual, bleh, sorry, spiritual warfare really hard for a lot of people, especially in America that I have talked to who have a general pacifist view on probably everything. And so of course that would lend itself to the supernatural and the spiritual as well. And so that spiritual laissez-faire, spiritual pacifistic idea of, well, just live and let live you know, and all that kind of stuff. That's a fine idea if you're not being shot at. If you are being shot at, you probably should have a shield and maybe some armor to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and the other side of that, which is as true, is that James says, count it all joy, my brethren, when you meet various tests or trials. Some of those tests come from heaven, not from mm-hmm. hell. Yeah. It was God who tested Abraham with the sacrificing of his son, not Mm -hmm. the devil. What a test. What a test. It was Jesus who tested Philip when he was looking out at the 5,000 and said, what do you think, Philip? What are our chances for serving up a lunch? And... The guy got out his calculator and he figured, (laughs) he, he did say this. He said, eight months of of uh, salary would not be enough for feeding these people and he met, he he failed the test Abraham passed because he Philip was failed. Phil failed it because he was looking at it from a natural point of view yeah. Philip was accurate <laughs> yeah he, he probably did do the math I don't know maybe Philip was the smarter one anyway he was accurate it, it, it was not possible but he was looking at it from a natural point of view mm-hmm. and we're talking about the supernatural yes. We're talking about spiritual warfare. We're talking about the realm that we cannot fully see, fully experience, fully relate into, but we do have an effect upon and it has an effect upon us. It's part of reality that's just as real as you slapping your knee with your hand. It's just the way in which we interact with it is different, but it's very real. Philip was only looking at this fourth dimensional time space world here, Mm -hmm. Um, whereas Jesus was looking beyond that. Because he knew there was supernatural provision available mm-hmm. to him. It's easy to pretend we're not at a war if we're only looking in the natural. That's true. You mm-hmm. can drive your kids to school and go to the grocery store and come home and make a nice dinner. And, and it can feel, yeah, it's pretty good, mm-hmm. you know. But that whole trip was warfare. Driving your kids to school is warfare. And you want to drop those kids off feeling loved and filled up with hope. Good for you. And joy and excitement because they're about to enter their war for the day. And the war that those kids and grandkids of yours are facing in school today is so much harder than it was for you, Mm -hmm. however old you are, when you were in school. Mm -hmm. And so you need to, whether you're dropping them off at the bus or or at school or whatever, prepare them for their war. That's good. And then you go to the grocery store. And Paul, I know you have a hundred stories about, you should have Naomi in here sometime to tell us stories about this. They go to the grocery store and they're witnessing to people. They're talking to people. They're inviting people to church. They're praying for people to be healed. The grocery store is a battle. And maybe God worked all week to get one of those ladies to show up and shop at the same time as you. (laughs) God may have spent a lot of resources getting her to shop at the same time as you, knowing that you and Naomi were going to be there. And Naomi wouldn't let her get by (laughs) without grabbing her and commenting on something in her cart and asking her about her kids. And and who knows how much her life could be changed. But if you refuse to engage and just go about your own self and your own life, then you 
you could have been the Navy SEAL God sent to save that person. Yes. Save their life. They might have walked in suicidal to Trader Joe's and got, you might be the person God uses. So it is a war every day, everywhere you go, even in the mundane. It's, it's, it's constant. Like one guy prayed, God bless me, my wife, my son, his wife, us four, no more. <laughs> that is not spiritual warfare. He no. wants it to go well for himself and he shut the world out. And it hardly exists for him. But we're here to be in attack mode, to come against the darkness. And we're not simply in defensive mode. Mm -hmm. We're coming, we're coming after the darkness with, with the light of Christ, shining that light into the dark. The spiritual warfare metaphor, if someone isn't currently looking at the world from that perspective, right? And they're just going about their life. Are they still in the war, even if they don't think they are or don't want to be? Well, they're likely to be casualties of the war. Yeah. Because if they don't, if a person ends up walking onto the battlefield in Vietnam and they don't know what's going on, they'll, they're a casualty. Yeah. For sure. They're going to find a landmine eventually. Yeah. So it's dangerous stuff to not realize that we are in a war and live as if everything is fine. And my family is doing fine. Everything's, everything's up. So that's why I feel a need to warn people, as I will when I speak at a high school next week, talking to high school kids, that, that we are in a war every day, all day, and that there are things that you do here in war. You equip yourself, you put certain armor on <coughs> so that you can stand yep. against the enemy, and then you, you have a mental framework of sobriety. Before Paul, or before Peter says, uh, resist the devil, he's says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. And then be sober, be vigilant. Oh, oh that's what I was cast looking for. Cast all your be anxieties sober. on him. Yes. So be humble, cast your anxieties, be sober-minded. Sober. Sober-minded sober and uh, vigilant, vigilant, right? Yeah. yeah. So sobriety is, is an important <laughs> thing for a Christian in light of the war that we are involved in. And I think sobriety speaks against distraction, that fifth one. Yeah, there you go. Distraction is, is very... Uh, Unsobering to me, sober-minded is like focused. Mm -hmm. Your you, your your head is in the game. Mm -hmm. you're, you're focused. A doctor's not allowed to drink when they're on duty. Why? Because they can't. You can't focus properly. You might kill somebody. Jesus was focused when he went into the garden. The disciples were not, and they fell asleep. Yeah, he was fighting against the enemy who showed up in the mm -hmm. garden and he was sweating drops of blood. I mean, that's as rigorous a battle as you can be fighting. And the disciples were falling asleep. They weren't ready to fight. Yep. Notice not battling against flesh and blood. And Jesus proves that point to a fairly extreme degree when Judas shows up to with the soldiers to arrest him. Peter reacts again in the natural, a soulish kind of reaction. And he fights. He's going to protect Jesus. He cuts off a dude's ear, you know, which is a pretty bad swing if you ask me, but whatever. He's a, he's a fisherman not a soldier. Cuts off a dude's ear and Jesus scolds him, says, no, 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 no. And he heals the guy, the guy who's arresting him, a guy who's probably going to punch him on the way to the jail, right? And Jesus reach out, reaches out and heals that guy. And that is warfare. Mm -hmm. He's reaching out and healing the enemy, but that is an act of warfare. In human terms, that is not a good way to win a war by healing the enemy. <laughs> but in supernatural terms, that is how you do it. Yeah, um, overcome evil with good. Exactly. Sure. It's love, not violence. There were a couple things that they had were right about. <laughs> love, not violence. Now, what they were talking about specifically was not the kind of love we're talking about, obviously. Yeah. But it's true that Peter reacted out of the natural. 
but he saw a physical enemy. Jesus is like, no, it's not against flesh and blood. Jesus had just won his battle already for a whole hour in Gethsemane. So yeah. he knew what he was about. He, he finished his victory. Peter had yet to fight his battle. And that was the first step towards a night of failure for Peter. Yeah, he wasn't doing well. Jesus said, now is the judgment of this world. Now is the prince of darkness cast out or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I, when I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. That's where he won. Mm -hmm. He won through sacrifice, mm -hmm. through love, through forgiving the people who were actively murdering him. And that's how we win in spiritual warfare, by dying to ourselves. Mm -hmm. If we're having difficulties with our spouse, one of the best ways to win in that warfare is to die. Yeah. I had to learn that the hard way. It took me a while. It took me years. Mm -hmm. And when I learned how to truly die for my wife, she saw the difference. It's, it's one of those examples, I think, of how it's so opposite of the way it is in the world. Mm -hmm. In the world, it's about competition, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm competing against my wife for who's going to win, who's going to win this argument, who's going to win this decision, who's going to win whatever. And it turns into the bad kind of warfare, the carnal kind of warfare. Mm -hmm. where you're fighting, maybe not physically, but you're fighting, you're in competition. That's not the kind of warfare we're going after. It is not. We're going after the opposite of that, which is, so not Peter cutting off the ear, but Jesus reaching out to heal the ear of the enemy. Mm -hmm. And so maybe we say, okay, what can I do to bless my spouse, who I think is horribly wrong about this one thing, but still, what can I do to bless them? What can I do to help them make have a, to have a better day? And you can't well, How do can that I serve the, them? How can I love them? In the flesh, that doesn't work. Oh, no. You have to be in the spirit in order to win the war. Yeah. Because uh, it it is counterintuitive mm -hmm. to love those who are coming against you, to live above a fence, to forgive those whom you don't think deserve yeah. forgiveness. Jesus did all that at the cross. Yep. First order of business was to forgive. Yeah. So he was fighting a battle in the spirit and winning every single point. And we have to learn from him that dying is an effective way of winning this war. It is. And it just shows how this, it really is all the Holy Spirit. Because mm -hmm. like you said, Paul, we can't, yes. do, we can't effectively yes. do any of this. Yes. If it was up to me, I do want to win. I'm competitive. My wife and I agreed years ago that we're never going to play chess again. Oh. It did not go well, Paul. Oh. We are both really competitive and we played chess and it took a <laughs> long time and the game ended and neither was happy. Because if you lose, you're really upset that you lost. You can't really be happy for the other person for winning because you're mad that they won. And if you won, you're glad you won because you beat them, but then you feel kind of guilty and they're super grumpy. And so like, it's just not a good thing. And later, maybe a year we came back, we're like, this is silly. We're mature enough to do this. We can do it. No, it did not go well yet again. We tried again, maybe two or three years later and we're like, we're just done. It's just, it is better for our marriage if we just don't play My. competitive kind of games like that. you got a that. good marriage now. We do. We do. But part of it is that, well, I would say we had a pretty good marriage then. It, this this was like, it's something that showed us that, whoa. A little bit of carnality. We, yeah. We're, we're, we're not quite as sanctified as we thought we were because we're like, we should be able to do this. And of course. I, we sh of course we should have, but we were not. <laughs> yeah. And so we're like, okay, how about for the sake of our marriage, we'll just not do this till we get to heaven where we will be better people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And maybe when we're retired, we'll be able to, you know, break out the chessboard again and see what happens. But um, but that's not the competition we're talking about. See, that's the natural competition. Mm -hmm. That's the natural desire to kill and to conquer, which I have in abundance. I'm half oh. Viking and half Ooh. Scottish Highlander. So <laughs> conquering is my blood's desire. 
but I have been crucified with Christ. Amen. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me now. Come on. Which I have to constantly remind myself of and let the dead zombie Nate stay dead. Mm-hmm. And not keep feeding him and letting him follow along. And that's that's the battle here. When we're talking about spiritual warfare, we're not talking about guns. We're talking about a belt of truth. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the gospel's shoes of peace. We're talking about a breastplate of righteousness. That's right living, right thinking, right response to others. And those are things that require a surrender to the Holy Spirit because it's not natural for us. It's not within us to give in so that somebody wins and we go ahead and take the loss. It's not within us to love people who come against us no. and people who <laughs> misunderstand us to, to try to understand them rather than say, they're not understanding me. I and don't want to understand them. them. I want to crush them beneath yes. my feet. Yes. So when we learn to go the way of the cross, mm-hmm. that in itself is spiritual warfare. It is. We are fighting Absolutely. and we are winning. I agree, Paul. You can win 90% of your spiritual warfare for the day before you leave the house in the morning. Mm-hmm. If you learn to start out on your knees and yeah. to give all that over to God, to put on your armor. Was it you who told this joke yes- yesterday? You should tell. No, I, I, I think I know what you're going to say. I, I forget who told it, but they Steve. Were, Steve. Oh, Steve told it. Yeah. And it was, it was something, something along the lines of like, so Lord, I'm just so excited that I haven't had a single negative thought against anyone else today. And I, I'm thankful that I haven't um, judged anyone today. I haven't had any racist thought. I haven't yelled at anybody. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't done any of that stuff, Lord. And I am so thankful for that. Yeah. But I'm about to get out of bed now. <laughs> and so if you could please help me yes. the rest of the day, yes, yes. that would be great. He was walking in victory <laughs> yeah, for, it's good. for that whole prayer time. <laughs> Nate, I think we've uh, covered enough here to give them something to think about. And I'm going to turn this into a prayer. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're done with the topic, but we're done uh, for today. So Jesus, you led the way. And you told us that you had a cross, and then you said that if we were to follow you, we would have ours. And forgive us when we have complained because you gave us a cross. And a cross is something that it's it's not a jewelry to wear, but it's a place to die. And I thank you for where you have taught me to die. I thank you that in my marriage, I'm dying to myself. And Karen knows it. I love her that just as Jesus sanctified us by going to the cross so we can sanctify our spouses as we die. And thank you. I know other areas, God, I'm uh, not doing as good. And I pray that I would learn how to die that others may live. We want to win this war day by day. We want to overcome. We want to overcome evil with good. I pray for our listeners. I pray for any who are uh, defeated, feeling defeated feeling discouraged or doubting their uh, ability to even carry out uh, this warfare effectively. I pray that you would come with your Holy Spirit into their situation, into their home, into their marriage, into their job, and uh, be that silent person that uh, empowers them to overcome evil with good. We bless you that you are doing it in us. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless. Oh,